In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data, so we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial microphone in my home office, overlooking the can of worms in downtown Rochester, New York, this is the Computer Exorcist Podcast. So glad you can all join me today. Thanks, as always, for telling your friends about the show. As always, got an exciting one for you today. Calling in all the way from London, she is brilliant and smashing and lovely and fabulous and all those other words. It's Sarah Fletcher. Tell us about you. Hi. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Um, Tell you about me. So I live in the world of social media um, and I have done for about 14, 15 years now. So that feels like a long time. Yeah. And... I love working with people who really have something to say. <clears throat> <laughs> That's me. It's, you have a lot to say. Yes, you absolutely do. <laughs> She's talked to me for more than five minutes, folks. <laughs> cool. Can you hear my cat running around in the background? Oh, that moment cool. where she decides that she wants to play. And we have two guests today. All right. Two guests. Yeah, she's making herself known. Um, so yes, I'm a bit of a cat fiend, and I have two cats called Venus and Arthur, and Amazing. they help me with all my social media for my clients. So we work with people like nonfiction authors, business experts who have written a book, who can you then use the book to streamline what they're putting out on social media so that their message stays strong, so that their personal branding is strong, and it makes their life easier and saves them time. Mm -hmm. And that also works with public speakers, podcast hosts, experts who have been in business for a long time and just have, like, folders full of amazing gems of their wisdom that they're not harnessing the power of them. I I have hundreds of pages of notes. Right. Uh, and they're just sitting there and my computer is sitting there while I'm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> that. yeah. I'm all of that. Nonfiction author, podcaster and yeah. And business expert who's just sitting here 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you get involved in this? Um, by accident. Did you not like corporate? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Me and corporate do not get on. I Same am here. unemployable. Me too. Um, Yes. Yes. Anyone who works for themselves probably feels the same. I knew I was unemployable before I left the world of having a proper job, though. So I got made redundant. I was PA to the directors of an IT company. Uh And I didn't really know what to do with myself. Um, It was early 2009. We were in the middle of a recession. Companies were hurting, redundancies were everywhere. And one day I sat down and I applied for 15 jobs and I never heard back from any of them. Mm -hmm. And so I had that moment of what am I doing? Why am I waiting for someone else? So I decided to go at it alone and do it myself um, because it was that or, you know, queue up and go on benefits and I don't do queuing. I know that's a very <laughs> British thing. We technically, we love queuing, but I'm not one of those people. So I decided to be self-employed. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Our stories are, are really quite similar. Uh, a couple of things, as you mentioned, that brings up a lot of things. Number one, have you seen the show, the IT crowd? Bits of it. I've oh. never actually sat down and watched a whole episode, let alone oh, a series of oh. it. Oh, it's so great. If you worked in, in the IT world, in the corporate IT world over in the UK, it's that's exactly what it is, and it's hysterical. I, I'm not sure I want to be reminded. I think I'm mentally scarred for life from that time. Oh, I totally get that. I totally... I mean, I worked for a year in corporate IT, and I totally get that. But for me, it, it was it's so... It's funny enough... Where it just, you know what it does? It, it slathers healing all over the scars. How about that? Okay, that it's sounds great. better. You know, <laughs> yes. every time the guy answers the phone, every time he goes, hello, uh, IT, have you tried turning it on and off again? And that's his greeting <laughs> that every me. time. <laughs> that was you. Yeah. That was, I was the person that when I answered the phones, I always checked if they'd rebooted before giving them to the correct person. All right, I'll, I'll give you this. What about this? I don't know if they did this for you, but in my place, the reason, the, the thing that it, it boiled my blood, but it also inspired me to start this business. And by the way, it was around, well, anyway, the, I answered 29 calls a day on average, and 99% of them were just reboots. They were, uh, Hi, have you turned it on and off again? No, they told me not to. Go ahead and do that. Wow, it worked. They were actively telling people not to reboot their machines because they said, don't worry, you'll get an update and the update will do it for you. So I said, hey, why don't we put out a memo to all 5,000 of these employees at this organization to reboot once, you know, more often than every six months. You know what the supervisor said to me? Surprise me. He goes, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, uh, yeah, not do that. Because we make money per call. And this is why I don't work for anybody else. Right. But but it, 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 right, it boiled my blood. But then later on, 
I actually at the time so so I fell off in 09 I I started my own show as well. Um mm-hmm. this this guy I was working for this guy in 2011 so I was just I was doing my my in-home tech support gig in the evenings. I was independent in the evenings but but this guy really set me off and it inspired me. It it made me realize that the adult working world isn't perfect, right? I just thought, oh, when you're an adult, you work in a place where everybody's honest and that's that. But he inspired me. I said, wait, I could easily crush a place like this. And and as as time went on throughout that year, people would call and demand me because I would actually freaking fix their problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was around the same time that, that we, uh, that you and I decided to do our own thing in 09. So that's cool. And, you know, f- applying to 15 jobs, um, that's nothing. I'm on this group called, uh, the subreddit called jobs. And these people all, you know, I've been unemployed for five years and I've applied for hundreds of jobs and I got nothing. And, and it's amazing. Right. And I just say, Hey, by the way, you don't need to answer to a boss to get money. What happens is you do things and then human beings hand you money. It doesn't matter who hands you money or what you do. You can go anywhere and start your own business and whatever, and they go, "Wow, really?" Yeah, I, I, I have no patience. I am not sitting around and waiting for someone to come back to me. Yeah, oh yeah, and and to do something that's so inefficient, right? I whatever I do in life needs to be efficient. I mean, over the past fifteen years running my own show, there was never a time when I had a meeting with myself. Okay, I I always was doing billable hours in people's homes, doing things for them that was productive. When I left that corporate job, I had a buddy who told me, you know, hey, you know, you could get on unemployment, right? You could queue up for the oh. benefits. And, and he oh. goes, it's yours, you know, you're entitled to it. And, and something in me, you know, I'm an able-bodied human being and there's nothing, I mean, yeah, I'm crazy, but there's nothing wrong with me and I can, I can work. <laughs> And I said to myself, there's something about that. But everyone where I live in in New York, 99% of young people just stay home all day and get free everything. And something in me said, you know, that wouldn't be right. I don't want to steal from society. So I made that decision to actually, you know, take my side gig full time. And I was rewarded for that. And and here I am. Yeah. Yeah. I can't sit there and take handouts. I don't want them. Yeah. And besides, doing what I do now, I get to, you know, if I worked, if I had a proper job and I was in someone else's office Monday to Friday, eight till six, you and I would never have met. Oh, yeah. Think about all the fascinating people we've met. You know, I speak the beauty of everything being online now is I get to speak to people all over the world. And it's amazing. You know, we exchange life experiences. We just have all this conversation and you just learn so much more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and side note, what's your website if people want to hire you? Ah, go to mushroom-souffle.co.uk. So that's mushroom as in the vegetable dash souffle, which is S-O-U-F-F-L-E. Side note, I've never cooked one. Dot <laughs> co dot uk. That's dot co dot uk. Um, all right, why don't we do this live on the show? Let's you go ahead and cook one and tell us how it comes out. 
Oh, I'm not sure that would go well. You guys would find that great fun. I'm not sure it would go well for me. (laughs) How'd you come up with the name? I wanted it to mean something. I had a fear of it being boring, but mainly for me, not for other people. So, you know, when you're making lots of phone calls in a day and you introduce yourself constantly on the phone, I was thinking, like, if I have to say that numerous times a day, am I going to bore myself silly? Or bore them, right? How many calls they get a day? I'm so-and-so. I'm Sarah from Exco Corporation. Right? (laughs) No one wants to hear that. So I wanted, I spent three days with the dictionary and the thesaurus open on the computer and mushrooms grow, souffles rise, and that's what I help people in their businesses to do. Wow. So not only is it a cool story about the, you know, having something fun to say, and it is absolutely, and you're memorable, right? If you call a bunch of companies, they're going to remember you. I remembered your name because that's like, oh, wow. Yeah. She's the one with the mushroom website. Yes. Yes. Um, And the funny thing is, so I used to do a lot of local networking with businesses (laughs) and everyone just knew me as mushroom. Yeah. I'm not sure anyone knew my proper name for about four years. (laughs) And I've been part of networking groups on Zoom, and I know plenty of people like that. There's one lady who calls herself Solar Mama, and that's it. It's just, oh, okay, she's that lady who sells solar panels. Yep. Ah, uh, and, and you know what's funny is, is you know, I, I did a lot of things right in my business. You know, I, I speak in plain English to clients, and I make sure they know that, hey, you're an intelligent, successful person, and don't feel bad about tech. And But the one thing I did wrong is, my business name is Technosophy, which is a highbrow portmanteau of technical wisdom. And nobody has ever, ever, ever spelled it right or uh, said it, <laughs> pronounced it right or spelled it right on the checks that they write to me. Not even my closest advisors. <clears throat> and so when people call, it's just, what's Mark's computer place? Yeah. Yeah. Although a lot of people, I do have to spell souffle. Sure, so yeah, that's well, a scary it's word. It's memorable, but it's not necessarily the easiest word I could have picked for people. Yeah, and and you know, when I, my other, you know, my slogan was the computer exorcist, and, and my mom, well, I don't know, that's morbid, honey, but people get it. So I, I like how your name is definitely, people will, yeah. So, as I do with all my guests, I'm going to throw an article at you. I'm going to read it to you, and then I will ask for your opinion, and great things will come from it. Great things will grow and rise from it. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This article here is from uh, a philosopher, ethicist named Peter DeMarco, and I'm blessed to know him, and he's wonderful. And it was written in the Rochester Business Journal on Good Friday, 2023, it's from it's an excerpt from his upcoming book, The Goodwill Leader. Here's how it goes. Humility is not natural to us. In fact, it is difficult uh, to... And I said the title, right? Humility is at the heart of ethics. All right, all right. Humility is not natural to us. In fact, it is difficult to practice. But once acquired, frees us to be open to truth and goodness, which is another way of saying excellence. Real humility enables people to set limits and accept others as their equal, or even their superior. That's interesting. Humility is needed to lead because it helps us trust others to do the work they are qualified to do. Without humility, leaders become skeptical, 
control freaks, and convinced that they know better than everybody else. Parentheses, everybody in the IT industry. And parentheses. That was my part. <laughs> Um, number one, humility is quite simple. It's the recognition and acceptance of a reality. I once observed a CEO being confronted by an angry customer, who in all likelihood was well below the CEO in terms of economic and educational achievement, right? Despite the disparity, the CEO listened attentively and respectfully, recognizing that the customer had superior knowledge of and experience with the, pr the products. That was true humility. The opposite of humility is pride, number two. It's easier to understand something when you define its opposite, right? Pride, or hubris, is an excessive estimation of one's own excellence. Overconfident individuals often are blind to their limits or scorn the rightful authority of others because they cannot accept that a bigger reality might exist beyond themselves. Parentheses, here's looking at you, Silicon Valley. <laughs> Again, that's my comment. Um... I love, by the way, did you know that Steve Jobs refused to have license plates on his Mercedes SL? How did he get away with that? I wondered the same thing when somebody told me that. And I apparently, there's, ready for this? In California, there's a loophole that says if you buy a new car, you don't have to have license plates for the first 30 days. They're assuming, okay, you're waiting to get them and waiting for them to come in the mail. So what did he do? He just bought a new Mercedes every 30 days. Oh, that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that story about him. Um... On the other hand, <laughs> any comments so far? <laughs> I don't know. Humility is an interesting one, isn't it, though? And, because and I, mm -hmm. everyone has to have, like, like you say, you know, we have humility for those reasons, but you also have to have the confidence to say, but I know I'm really good at what I do and I'm the person that can help you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the key here. Humility is is again about pointing out a reality. It's not saying I'm I'm better than everyone and I don't care about anyone. It's not that, or it's not the, and we'll get into this in a second. But it's not I'm worse than everyone and all. It's hey, you know what? I might be darn good. So we're taught, well, especially in in Britain, we are taught that you know saying that you're good at something it's it's that whole you know don't boast don't blow your own trumpet type of thing mhm mm and, and that's it's true here don't be excessive yeah it's that's very much the culture here whereas it's taken me years to just be able to say do you know what i am really really good at what i do mm -hmm. and those aren't always the words that i use mhm mm so <laughs> it's it's, it is. It's having that. It's having that inner confidence, isn't it? That's a huge thing too. Even if it's not you walking around all day saying I'm really good at something, right? It's having that confidence that you need. Number one, that your clients want to see. If if yes. I'm hiring you, I want to know that you're confident that you can yes. solve my problem. But also for your own personal benefit, uh, instead of walking around for years, right? Even though I was darn good at what I was doing, for the first few years of my business, I always worried, oh, am I charging more than the Geek Squad? Am I doing this? Am I do no, you know what? If you're the best. Be the best, yeah. 
And so yeah, you had to mm-hmm, and mean it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't just say it. So you had to learn that in yourself as well as teach your clients oh. that. Yeah, absolutely that. Absolutely. And I guess that's the interesting thing in terms of the people that I work with is that people aren't always feeling that confident to put things out online about themselves. And my thing is, I, I see this in you. So why don't you just borrow my confidence in you whilst we do this and then you'll see it. Whoa. And, and you said sometimes you'll do a write-up of your client and hand it to them and say, here, go use this, right? And, and, and what do they say to you? Uh, one of my clients sent me a WhatsApp basically going... Oh, this is family show, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, words that we wouldn't normally say here, but basically, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is me. Um, you, I've, I've, was it, over the years, I've spent a lot of money asking people to write bios about me and no one's ever written anything like this about me. And then I got a message from her a week later saying, I've just signed up to work with an absolute baller. And because I've been reading what you've written about me, I walked into there knowing that I can do this in my sleep. Wow. And, and you know, years ago, um, I had a couple different girlfriends who would say like, hey, Mark, wow, you're really good at this or you're really good looking or you're whatever. And that helped me. When someone else tells you something like that, it really, right, that... It's a reality yeah. there because you can't make that up in your head. No. Get that perspective. No. Um, so, um, overconfident individuals are blind to their limits, right? On the other hand, pride can take the form of exaggerated lowliness, okay? Some leaders make a show of submitting to others simply because their ego desperately needs to be seen as humble, even when such conduct has no bearing on the situation or amounts to an abdication of one's duty. This kind of pride in one's humility is a pathetic craving for attention. That's amazing. Mm. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was climbing the stairs at a hospital, and a young man, consumed in his own thoughts, barreled right over the president. Rather than apologize, the young man yelled, Watch where you're going, you long-legged fool! <laughs> Lincoln's humility was revealed in his response. What is troubling you, young man? Lincoln had been wronged, but his humility enabled him to see the bigger reality that, that the young man's troubles far outweighed Lincoln's minor bruises. And probably the young man's troubles caused him to not notice who he was knocking over. Number three. True humility is not thinking less of yourself but it's thinking of yourself less. Ha. You know who who uh who he's quoting there? No. Your neighbor. CS Lewis. Mm, okay. Isn't that great. Uh this builds on Jewish moral tradition, which views deliberate attempts to achieve humility as self-defeating. Dwelling too much on one's own self is directly at odds with the goal of humility. A Hasidic tale begins with a, a Zadik, a righteous leader, uh, counseling a man frustrated by his lack of success. All my life, the man complained, I have tried to heed the maxim that one who runs away from fame will find that fame pursues him. And yet, when I run away from fame, fame never seems to pursue me. 
the Zadik replied, The trouble is, you're always looking over your shoulder to see if it's chasing you. I'm guilty of that. I, I, I take all this knowledge, right, and all these things, and, oh, maybe if you just make more donations or do this or do that or talk to more people, things will magically happen, but I'm always watching the pot boil, as they say. Yes. Yeah, I feel that. Huh. Number four, humility cannot occur without cultivating our character to accept criticism and compliments. Remember here, he, he again, we're not excessively boasting or excessively um, belittling ourselves, right? So it's, it's you can accept compliments as well and accepting help from people, right? That's actually a sign of humility is being able to accept help from people. So, right, he's not saying push down or push up. He's saying hold yourself right in the middle wherever you are supposed to be. Lack of humility is an inability toward receiving criticism. When leaders accept this kind of feedback, despite the humiliation they might feel, they begin to grow. At the same time, leaders must be able to accept a compliment. It sounds strange, but humility requires that leaders project a level of confidence that reflects their true knowledge and abilities. As a teenager in the 70s, I complained to my father that Muhammad Ali's famous boast, I am the greatest, lacked humility. Right? And, and at first glance, it does. My dad, a humble man by any measure, corrected me. Son, sometimes when a person says he's the greatest, he actually is. Number five. Humility is key to learning. One must first practice docility, the willingness to learn from someone who's a master. A man sought out a Zen teacher. As the master began to speak, he was frequently interrupted by that man. After a while, the Zen master stopped talking and served tea to the man. And he poured the cup all the way up to the top and then continued pouring, and the man's cup overflowed. Stop! The cup is full, the man said. The Zen master smiled and began his instruction. Like this cup, you are full of your own opinions. <laughs> that, that just sums up most people. <laughs> sure, sure, especially us Americans. Have you ever been here? <laughs> Once. It's been a while since I've been there. Oh, you got you to gotta come out here. Yeah, I'll show you a lot of loud people. I, I'm a loud Italian as well, so I'm, I guess I'm doubly loud. My opinions didn't fit in my head anymore, so I had to do a podcast. <laughs> well, where people have the option to turn you down or turn you off. <laughs> That's great. With the podcast, folks, you have a volume control. Can't do that if you're standing next to me. <laughs> so he finishes by saying, commit yourself to seeking the truth and doing good. And you may find, with the benefit of hindsight, humility helped you along the way. Sarah Fletcher, what do you think? I think that was fascinating because there was an awful lot in there where I was like, uh-oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it brings the balance to everything, doesn't it? See, I'm I'm really bad at accepting help. Ah, uh, me too. But that's, yeah, that's just an ingrained thing from i don't know society childhood i don't know what it is i really don't like asking or accepting help but and yeah. but it makes life easier when you do and beyond that i was just thinking this as you're saying that 
accepting help doesn't mean you're bad at everything, right? I can't cook at all. I can't make a souffle or anything else for that matter. But I go out to dinner every meal, and that's okay because I'm terrible at cooking. I'll, I, I'm gladly going to support someone who does that for a living. But it doesn't mean I'm bad at other things. It actually, come to think of it, it means that, wow, you know what? Mark has to go out to eat every meal. He must be really good at something else. Or what we're all thinking is you must be really rich. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just that bad at cooking. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose people, as I'm saying that, people might get that impression out of me, huh? Mm. Mm. I can't imagine personally not not cooking and not and and going out to eat all the time. Uh-huh. But then I but I really like cooking. So there's there's that's partly because I really like eating. <laughs> no, that didn't help me. <laughs> no, no. You don't you don't want to learn to cook. It's just easier. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, so maybe I sound excessively boastful, but <clears throat> No, but you use your energy and your time for something else. Right, and there's another article I read years ago on the show that talked about that, um, how pe- some people have more money than time, and it's okay. And and again, that was another, they discussed a little bit of this kind of concept of, hey, it's okay to hire someone to mm. cook and clean your house and whatever, and it helps them as well so that you can do whatever it is the world needs you to do. Yes. And and the, the author of that article said, you know, when I talk to a lot of millionaires, they always say, what's their biggest problem? Not enough time. So I say, look, you know, go go do your laundry. Have someone do your laundry for 20 bucks. Absolutely. The things that some of us really don't want to do. Some people love doing laundry and love ironing because they use that time to zone out in their head. Yeah, good point. Some people love doing that. Yeah, yes. And you know what? If you don't like... Writing about yourself, and if you don't know how to promote yourself, then now you know who to call. Yes. And Come and call me. <laughs> Come and have a chat. Sarah Fletcher can be found at mushroom-souffle.co.uk. Thanks so much for being here. What do you think? Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. All right. We will talk to you later. TheComputerExorcist.com. Buy my book for everyone you've ever met and people you haven't met, and we'll talk to you next week.